Welcome to the Nourish Nervous System, an exploration of stress, the nervous system, and transformative self-care practices for parents and other humans through the lenses of Ayurveda, holistic coaching, somatics, herbs, and much, much more. I'm the host, Kristen Timchak. I'm a holistic life coach, Ayurvedic educator, herbalist, and mother of a tiny human. Join me for information, insight, deep thoughts, and small steps to help you nourish your nervous system. Hello, welcome back to the second episode of the Nourish Nervous System podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I hope you've had a good week and that you've been able to find some small moments of presence in your past week. So this week, we're going to talk about Ayurveda. I call it the lens of Ayurveda because it's getting the foundational language and concepts begins to become a lens that you can look at the world with. Uh, You'll understand more of what I mean by that as we go a little deeper into it. But in that same vein, I think language is very important. I think when we can share certain language around things, we can then create deeper, juicier conversations that go more into depth into a subject. So, So this episode is about getting the foundational language, the foundational concepts. Know that there is so much more to Ayurveda than what I'm covering today. I'm really just giving just a taste of what there is, but I think it will be a substantial taste to get you started on this journey. So for those of you that are totally new to Ayurveda, It is a system of healing that originated in India over 3,000 years ago. The actual word Ayurveda can be broken down to Ayur, which means life in Sanskrit, and Veda, which means the knowledge. So Dr. Vasant Lad, a prominent Ayurvedic practitioner and teacher who runs the Ayurvedic Institute in New Mexico, says, The knowledge contained in Ayurveda deals with the nature, scope, and purpose of life, and included includes its metaphysical and physical aspects. Ayurveda defines life as the conjunction of body, mind, and spirit found in cosmic consciousness and embracing all of creation. According to Ayurveda, every individual life is a microcosm of the cosmos. Let me read that last part again. According to Ayurveda, every individual life is a microcosm of the cosmos. This is something that I find so compelling about Ayurveda. The people who first created or wrote down the teachings of Ayurveda were living thousands of years ago, and they were observing the natural world. They were recognizing that our bodies, minds, and spirits are not separate from the natural world. So what they were seeing happening outside was also happening inside of us. I think in our modern modern human world, we can often think of ourselves as something separate from nature, but we're not. We operate with the same rules as other aspects of the natural world. As complex as Ayurveda can be, it is also so, so simple. What we see outside of us is also happening inside of us. We are a microcosm of that macrocosm. Ayurveda is an elemental science, which means that it's based around the five elements ether or space, air, fire, water, and earth. Everything on our planet is some combination of these elements. 
For example, a cloud is predominantly air, space, and water, but a rock is mostly earth. Mud is mostly earth and water, and lava is mostly fire and earth. On our planet, when these elements are in balance, they support harmony in life. But when they get out of balance, it can be anything from uncomfortable to life-threatening. I think climate change is a good example of this. Whatever your beliefs on climate change are, I'm not getting political right now, I think it is clear that there are things out of balance in our natural environments. I have lived in California for the past 11 years, and I've watched the forest fires become progressively worse. We can debate about the reasons for this, but from an Ayurvedic perspective, fire and air elements are out of balance. There's too much heat. The earth, everything is too dry. We can see this in lots of different ways in our natural world. Going back to the concept that we are each a microcosm of the cosmos, in Ayurveda, the elements combine into different constitutions. You may have heard of vata, pitta, and kapha, and people have different ways of pronouncing them. These are the three main constitutions. Vata, some people say vata, is a combination of air and ether or space. Pitta is a combination of fire and water, but the water is more of an oily substance. And kapha is a combination of earth and water. Everybody is born with a specific combination of these three doshas called your prakriti. Prakriti is the specific blueprint of elements that comes into being at conception. And it's based on your parents' doshas, where you were born, the season you were born, among many other things. This is your set point. This is the place that you are in balance. So everyone has all three of the doshas, but in different combinations. For example, that go-getter friend of yours who is super driven and fiery and maybe predominantly pitta, whereas your spacey artist friend that never gets anywhere on time could be mostly vata. And your super sweet grounded earth mama friend may be mostly kapha. These are stereotypes. We are much more complex as, as humans, but this just gives you an illustration of what some of the different doshas might, might look like or how they might present. So the same way that elements can get out of balance in the natural world, our doshas can also get out of balance in our bodies. So we have our set point, our pl- blueprint, the place where we are in balance, in harmony, and then and that's called your prakriti. And then your vikruti is our current configuration of doshas. So if your vikruti is the same as your prakriti, then you are in balance and most likely extremely healthy. But balance isn't a fixed way of being. It's a constant calibration of us with our environment. Most people are at least a little bit out of balance with their blueprint because that's the nature of the world. We don't live in a vacuum or a bubble. And we're each always trying to find our own balance. So that's huge. I think in our society and culture of fad diets or this is what's healthy or this is what's not. I think it's really a beautiful aspect of Ayurveda to recognize that every person has their own unique set point. And certain things might work for certain people at certain times, but we're not all carbon images. We're not all cookie cutter. So not a lot of those diets may not work for everyone or 
all the time. And we're always trying to come back to our own unique Prakriti or constitutional blueprint. I really appreciate both allopathic and alternative forms of medicine. I think they each have their place and contributions and each has strong and weak points. I think one of the weak points of allopathic or Western medicine is treating people or certain systems as generic across the board, instead of recognizing that health can look different for each person because of their particular makeup. One example I think about a lot is weight and BMI. First of all, I think BMI is a very arbitrary number because how can we say there is one range of weight or body makeup that is healthful for everyone? There's so many body shapes and sizes that can be considered healthy. In Ayurveda, someone with a kapha body type has more earth and water. So their body is naturally going to be fuller and thicker, and that is where they are healthy. And at the same time, a vata body type, which is air and space, is naturally going to be lighter and thinner. That is their place of health. They have different set points. So the same diets or the same things aren't going to be work for them in the same ways. So finding balance is more about tuning in to what's actually going on in your body, what actually works best for you in your specific makeup. And it's going to be different than your friends or the person down the street or the person you see on TV or Instagram. And what you need may change over time as well. So you need to keep listening. I think when we can develop a relationship with our bodies and our minds and our spirits where we're listening, then This is harder sometimes than just following a diet that somebody tells us in a book. And I'm not saying that those things aren't helpful. They can help uh, guide us. They can help give us ideas of, of ways to be helpful. But if we're not listening to ourselves and to our body and to what's really working and what really feels aligned for us, then we're never going to have the results that we really want. We it, It's a constant listening, a constant calibration, a constant balancing. If you imagine somebody balancing on a slack line or a tightrope, it's not a rigid, their bodies aren't rigid and fixed. They are constantly moving and listening and swaying. There's um, a give and a take with it. And sometimes they get come far out of balance and have to find their way back in. So it's just balance isn't looking one specific way or finally finding peace or anything like that. Balance is like moving all over the board and finding the places where where if you're listening, you find your sweet spots. I think the times in my life when I get the most out of balance are when either my life is too chaotic to listen, it's too the noise in my head is too loud. I'm not I'm not in my body anymore. I'm not listening. Or when I get too rigid in a certain way of being. I have definitely tried on many different types of eating habits and diets and things like that. And they've been really helpful for me. And I can have a tendency to get so rigid in them that I'm not actually listening to my body anymore. I'm just thinking, oh, I need to eat this because this is what's healthy instead of a really really tuning in and seeing what my body needs. So I think being too rigid can get us out of balance as well as too chaotic. It's like those two those two extremes. In this episode, I'm not going to go deep into all the characteristics of the doshas. I will get into each one in future episodes, but I just want to repeat that vata is air and space, 
pitta is fire and water, and kapha is earth and water. So vata rules all movement in the body, the beating of your heart, the movement of your lungs, your blood and lymph flowing, the movement of neurons, the movement of your thoughts, the taking in of sensory experiences from your senses. This is all vata. Pitta rules transformation. So it's fire. Fire transforms things. All of the chemical and hormonal processes, digestion, the processes of the liver, as well as the transformation of your sensations into feelings and emotions. And kapha provides the structure of your body. It's earth. Kapha gives shape and form to your body, as well as providing lubrication, the water. For example, the mucus in your lungs or the fluid in your joints. In the mind, Kapha is the structure that holds memories. It's the files where everything in your mind is recorded. There's so much more I can get into with this, but this is a good beginning. One other really important concept that I want to get into is how we actually do the balancing in Ayurvedic practice. So the basic concept is like increases like and opposites create balance. A very simple example of this It's the middle of the day in the middle of summer, and it's incredibly hot. You've been running around after your toddler in the hot sun at the beach, and all of a sudden you feel so angry. You're irritated. You're frustrated. You can't do it anymore. This is pitta, too much heat, too much fire. So you take a dip in the water, you sit in the shade, drink a coconut water, and eventually your anger calms down. Another example is you've just traveled on an airplane. All of your normal routines are not in place. You're in a cold, dry environment. You get constipated and feel anxious and worried. So you drink some ginger tea. You massage some warm oil on your body and meditate and you feel calm and grounded and your digestion balances out. This is vata. You have too much vata. You have too much cold space movement. So you're applying the opposites. You're grounding, calming, warming with the warm oil, the ginger tea. You're you're giving your body the opposite to help find that place of balance. Another example would be it's been cold and rainy and you've been eating really heavy foods and sitting on the couch watching TV for a really long time. You feel lethargic and heavy and exhausted. So you go to the gym and exercise or go out for a a hike, you take a sauna or a super hot shower, then you eat something light and warming and you feel more energized and awake. This is kapha. Kapha is earth and water. It's heavy and thick. And once it gets stuck, it's it's inertia. It's it takes a lot to get it moving. So when you get into that kaphic, that lethargic, that heavy state, giving yourself some movement, some exercise, some warming foods, some light foods. You're trying to lighten, warm, move, stimulate the kapha. So these are all very simplistic examples. And as we are complex humans in our own bodies, we're usually a, we all have all three doshas and we're usually a combination of the three in varying degrees. So someone might have a lot more of one dosha, but all of them are there. And, but there might be one that's predominant or two that are predominant. And then a very small group of people have three that are in perfect balance. Because we are complex beings and made up of the doshas in varying degrees, balance 
can be tricky. Like if you have a vata kapha constitution, there's a lot of things that balance vata that bring kapha out of balance and vice versa. So that's where the listening comes in once again of just really listening. And also if you're really wanting to go deeper into this, working with a a certified Ayurvedic consultant or doctor. Oh, and one other piece of the doshas that's important to note is that it's not just in our physical body. We also affect our emotions, our mental states, our sleep. So it's really fully encompassing. For example, if pitta is out of balance, some emotions that might come up are anger or irritation, vata out of balance, feel fear or nervousness, anxiety, and kapha out of balance might feel um, like attachment, um, neediness, clinging, those types of emotions, or lethargy in their minds. But we'll go deeper into each of the doshas in future episodes. There are so many layers to Ayurveda, and it can feel overwhelming or complex, but it can also be extremely simple. I've been studying and practicing Ayurveda for almost 20 years now, and I still consider myself a beginner in many ways, but I have the lens. And I think that's one of the things that's been so profound for me from practicing Ayurveda. And you don't have to do years, 20 years of practice to have the lens. It's just learning these concepts and then looking at your world, looking at noticing, listening to your body, noticing the things around you, knowing that you are not separate from nature, that whatever is happening outside in nature, there's also, you are a microcosm of that. That is the lens of Ayurveda. Next week, we're going to go deeper into Vata Dosha, especially because Vata rules the nervous system and this podcast is centering around nervous system health. So it's a really important one to know. And your small step for this week is to begin to notice the elements around you. What is the environment that you live? Are you in the desert? If so, what are the elements that are there? Fire, earth, water, how are, how are they in, in relation with each other? Or do you live in a more temperate area? Do you live in the rainforest? Notice what season you're in. Is it winter, dry and cold? That's the first half of winter. Or the second half of winter, that's more wet, mud season, springtime. Um, hot summer, just begin to notice the elements around you, even the simple things of noticing the things in your home. Are they something mostly earth, fire, and water? And what elements are predominant in your body? If you'd like to do a more in-depth quiz to discover your body type, your Ayurvedic constitution, there's a great one at Banyan, that's B-A-N-Y-A-N, botanicals.com. And I can leave a link in the show notes. But Banyan is a great Ayurvedic herbal company, and they have a really comprehensive quiz on their page to get you started if you're interested. And also, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Let me know any questions you might have or things you want to go into more deeply. Um, I'd also love to hear your stories. Like I said, stories are so important. Language, how we uh, 
how we see the world, how we see ourselves in it is so, so valuable and so important. So I'd love to hear your stories. Okay, well, that's it for today, my dear friends. I'll be back next week with Vata. Hey there, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. It helps new podcasts like this one get seen by other people. If you didn't like it, I hope you're still listening. Life is way too short to listen to podcasts you don't like. <laughs>